This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray. A member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. Welcome to Warrior Watch. This is Pastor Callie Hargraves. I'm so excited to be with you on this beautiful Wednesday, June the 15th. Uh, We've got an amazing show ready for you today, Uh, an amazing interview with an amazing man of God, Dr. Brian uh, Davenport from Vancouver, Washington. So I'm excited to have him here uh, to talk to you about his new book, and we're excited to pray with you today. Uh, This morning I got up and I heard the Lord say, Isaiah 65 and 24, before you call, I will answer, and while you're yet speaking, I will hear, and I just just believe that God is answering prayers, that this is a, a time and a season that we're stepping into a lot of breakthrough, and I'm excited about what God is doing. Um, I want to take time and introduce to you, Dr. Brian, let me tell you how I met this beautiful family. I was at a meeting in the Northwest, a a ladies event that we were at, and I met Laura Davenport, who is the wife of Dr. Brian, an amazing woman of God. There's something about her that was just very special. We, We immediately clicked and bonded. And uh, over the course of time, we have become friends. And then I had the opportunity to go and to be a part of a, a women's event, uh, a retreat, and then to preach for Dr. Bryant and his wife at their beautiful church. And um, this is just an amazing family. You know, I meet a lot of ministers across the nation, a lot of wonderful ministers. But they're, every once in a while, you meet people that are not only amazing at ministry, but they're just amazing people that have a real heart for God and a real heart for humanity as a whole. And that's what I felt about this beautiful family. And then in the course of me getting to know Dr. Brian, uh, he's written a book called God Hates Suffering. And um, I just want you to tell us a little bit about who you are, Dr. Brian. Well, thank you. And let me just Give me a moment to uh, return the courtesy, uh, Pastor Callie. We want I want to make sure that people uh, that are listening to you know that they you're not just you are not just another radio voice. Uh, our church um, had such an incredible time receiving your ministry. The people in our church, the women in our church in particular, are still talking about the impression that your voice. And by that, you know what I mean? I mean the voice, the expression of the spirit that your voice made, uh, that expression left an impression upon our house. Now, we anticipated that. We welcomed you with faith, but... But we that was just a very significant season for us, and it has continued to make a difference. Thank you. Thank thank you for coming, and, and then thank you very much for just letting me come on this show. What a privilege that is. Um, and I just want to say thank you. So yeah, my name is Brian Davenport. I'm a, I'm a dad. I'm a husband of the most beautiful woman in the world. I got four gorgeous kids. Uh, pastor, my wife and I pastor a church here in Vancouver. 
And uh, I, on the side, I, I'm an adjunct uh, professor at a couple of different universities. And uh, in, in the course of time, uh, we finally were able to just release this little book, God Hates Suffering. You know, uh, uh, P- Pastor Brian is an amazing, he's very educated, well-spoken, an amazing preacher. But I love your heart for humanity, and I love that you're authentic and real. The body of Christ and the world is looking for authentic and real, and I appreciate that. Can you tell me, you know, the ti- about the title of the book and what it's sure. really about? Absolutely. I realize that anytime you use the word hate in this contemporary society, people, you know, they their hair gets all raised up and, you know, they want to burn flags or something. <laughs> uh, I mean, hate's a strong word, but every once in a while, hate is the right word. Now, so it came to me once when Lori and I, uh, just for the sake of record, her name is Laura. I always call her Lori. I have since we were first started dating. And so there you go. So Lori and I were having, we were reading uh, some testimonies from the early 1900s of the move of God. And we were hearing God, how the Lord touched people's bodies. And the sentence came into my mind. I heard this sentence, God hates suffering. And uh, of course, I never thought that he liked it necessarily, but the fact that he could have such a visceral reaction to people's suffering that it moved him in his, in his, down in his feeler, I thought, wow, that's something. So I started thinking about it, and uh, then it became a message. Uh, so when I say God hates suffering, I don't mean hate that, you know, usually really humanity, we hate, usually hate things that we're afraid of. We don't right. understand them, so we react you know, to that. Well, there's nothing God doesn't understand, and he's afraid of absolutely nothing. Right. So when I, when, I, when I say hate, I mean that which boils up from the furnace of his deep affection for those he has redeemed. When I say hate, I mean I mean how God lovingly feels toward things and and persons or spiritual beings that are oppressing those that he loves more than we can measure. That's what I mean by hate. He hates suffering. It breaks his heart and he's viscerally moved against it. That's, that's a fact. And I, I wanted to ask you another thing. What, what got you to the place where you actually, okay, I know that the Lord spoke to you and he, you know, the Lord tends to do things in pieces. It's amazing. Yeah. When he's given us revelation on something, he usually now there are cases where he downloads everything at one time, but usually a revelation comes in pieces. Yeah. And so what moved you to write the book? Well, okay, that's a great that's terrific. Um and I uh, here's here's when I was a little when I was a little boy. When I was a little boy, uh my my uh family we we were involved in a church. I remember for some reason on us on a Sunday night we were sitting in the back row of our Assembly of God church. Now, Davenport's are not backseat sitters. We are. That's just not where we go. You know, we, we were, we're way more saved than the backseat. And, and, uh, but for whatever reason, that night, you know, providentially, we were in the back row. And uh, we were in there. And, uh, and I, it was a new service for me. I was just a little guy. Uh, kindergarten, maybe. And... Uh, uh, I, I, what happened was that uh, we were sitting there and I looked up and there was a guy up on the front platform hollering Jesus in, 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 at people. And, uh, 
And my mom must have been explaining to me what was going on because he kept yelling the name Jesus into this guy's ear. And she must have, because I couldn't have, you know, figured it out on my own, but she must have helped me understand that that guy up there, he couldn't hear very well. And that other guy was trying to yell Jesus into his ear to help him hear better. Yeah. So I started, so I thought, oh, okay. So that guy there, people are hurting or sick. And that guy is ministering. That guy, Jesus, somehow God is using that guy. Somehow Jesus is helping people not hurt. So I'm watching and, and kind of paying attention. And then the, my next memory, I look over and it's like a slow motion movie in my head right now. And yeah. now I'm, maybe I'm six, you know, five, six years old. I look over to my right and there is this senior age gentleman with, walking slowly down the middle aisle of the church carrying his daughter. My mom, again, she must have been filling in the blanks for me. Yeah. He's yeah. carrying his daughter who is to- a total invalid, totally lifeless. And he's walking slowly down the aisle and tears are rolling, <laughs> tears are coming down his face. And I looked at that and in my heart, the whole, it was, you know, God speaks to us when we're so little. Yes. And in my heart, two things happened. Something like a hot coal came in my heart. Yes. And I, I knew, I knew that that wasn't right. Yes. That, that daddy should not have those tears. Yeah. That's not, that's not right. And that's not just something's wrong. Something is wrong. Yes. And, and I heard, and, but he, but that man was carrying his daughter toward that other man who was yelling Jesus. And I thought, Jesus can help that girl. Yes. And, and so at the same time in my heart, this deep hope this deep hope and this love for this love for for Jesus the hero the healer the helper came up inside me at the same time as a deep visceral hatred for what what uh what 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 sin in a fallen world had done to that that poor girl's body and to that daddy's heart right right and so that that really stirred something in me and i don't mean to make it all about me this but from that moment, something, I mean, that was God. And, uh, and, uh, from that moment, just growing up, I would light up. Uh, I remember my, my, I would light up on my inner person, uh, any story about Jesus, any, any, any time I would hear or Jesus. And I remember, I remember we were in the back of the car and on the way to church, my mom and my sister and I, and, uh, they were having a conversation and, you know, I wasn't paying attention. They were talking about the word doctrine, and I piped up from the back seat and I remember shouting, hey, Jesus is our doctor. And they said, not doctor, doctrine. But, you know, but I, but all I heard was doctor. And the first thing I thought of was, well, that's what Jesus does. And, uh, you, and know, so you know, Dr. Brian, that that is so apparent in your life. Um, huh. when, when I was there in your home visiting with you and Lori and we were talking about, you know, experiences in the ministry uh, the thing that I felt from you that just came like a river flowing out of mm. your heart was mm. a compassion for broken humanity. And wow. I, I think we're the most like God when mm. we when we are walking in that state of compassion, when we are walking, allowing Jesus to flow through us and show love yeah. to people, whether it's our family, um, it's our you know brothers, sisters, spouses, kids, 
people we meet on the street, people we go into. It, this is the Jesus that's going to change yeah. the world. It's, that's right. It's a Jesus that flows from a heart of compassion. And I feel that, you know, it's, it's one thing to have the intellectual knowledge and understand right. the scriptures. And you have all of that. You understand the scriptures. You're very well versed. This book is going to bring so much uh, light and hope to people. But what flows out of you is the compassion of the Lord. And that flows through this book. And that's what changes lives. Yeah. Yeah. I certainly hope so. And the reason, how we, then the, what came from that then is it birthed in that tenderness is I, I grew up probably like many people that are listening to you. I grew up in a, in a, in a, in a you know, a, a, a somewhat classical Pentecostal church and they, I heard people say, Hey, Jesus is a healer and we believe in that. But you know, not very many people prayed for anybody. Right. And we didn't, and we didn't see a lot of miracles or I don't remember seeing really any. And I and slowly over time, I, I didn't. I, I between disappointment and bad doctrine, I started just wondering. Well, the big question—I can't believe it's a big question—but in my heart, I thought, well, I don't, maybe it's not God's will to heal all the time. Maybe somehow He wants these things to happen. And then I'd hear people outright teach stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, I grew up and I'd read the Bible and I'd experience the Lord and I'd preach. But I always thought, well, I, you know, there was this line that I wasn't willing to cross. Like, well, I don't know, you know, what the deal. And uh, finally, one day, many years later, after wonderful experiences with the Lord, this is the thing. My Our firstborn son, we received a diagnosis that, well, let me just say it this way. We received a diagnosis that my son would die. Mm. And it it destroyed me. I, I was I was undone, absolutely undone. And I don't know how I came out of it other than God's wonderful grace and people in my life. Yes. But I turned, but I did. I'll tell you this, Pastor Callie, I'll tell you this. I know how I came out of it because I went to the same place that I've gone to my whole life. In that moment when I didn't know what to do, I opened the pages of scripture and they began to read about Jesus. And I said, Lord, I need to know what I'm supposed to do. I need to know how I'm supposed to handle this. Am I supposed to just you know, suck it up, buttercup. Am I supposed to just, you know, cope? Am I supposed, what, how, what's the righteous way? What do you want? And I read and I read and I read and I, I, I had no agenda. I didn't, I didn't have the strength to have an agenda, but I just began to read. And I thought certainly I would read a story or read something. Some scripture would tell me that I, you know, how to adjust to this and how to be a man of faith and all of that. And all I found was that Jesus never told any parent that he wanted their kid to stay sick. No, no. I said, I said, Lord Jesus, every time a parent came to you, you handled that. And I remember sitting in a coffee shop with my dad and I looked at him. And I said, I can't believe it took me this long. I was into my 20s or whatever for me to say, Dad, Dad, yeah, Dad, I think it's God's will to heal everybody all the time. I think God's will is healing. I don't, I don't, and he said, and he, and he was like, well, can you believe that it takes us that long to come out of darkness? And I said, I, I said, I think, I said, I, Dad, this is a line I have to step over. And so I gave myself, and but I knew, I knew that it wasn't enough just to have a feeling or to have a, you know, an opinion. And that's where perhaps some people, you know, that might read the book say, man, there's not a lot of, you know, anecdote or a lot of personal just stuff in the book. 
Well, actually, the book itself is a is a very shortened version of a doctoral thesis. Wow. Because I decided I'm going to do my doctorate. I'm going to bring uh, biblical doctrinal support like a law for, like a like a law case. I'm going to take this case to to the, I'm going to take this to the court. You know, yes. and I'm going to say. This is absolutely without question, according to the scripture, according to the revelation of Jesus Christ, according to the church that he left, according to those that followed him, according to every page, in, every page in this Bible says God hates suffering. And not only does he hate it, but his, but he had, and he has compassion. But what I saw and that blew me away, that his compassion is our commission. We wow. have been entrusted to carry the same compassion of Jesus. If you got, you got a couple of minutes for me to just explain sure, that? Sure, sure. All right, check this out. Now, just, I'll, I'll try to contain myself. So in my studies, the first thing I did when I thought, I want to see everything the Bible says about healing. So the first thing that we really hear is immediately after, oh, Bo Shoko, man, we got to shout just a minute. So the first <laughs> The first thing we see after God redeems Israel out of Egypt, after he brings them out, the very first name he gives to them of himself, the very first thing before they have a law, before they even read one of them stone tablets, he says to them, I am. Am, tell Moses, Moses, he says to Moses, tell them, I am Yahweh Rophake. The very, the, who's this God that redeemed us? Who's this God that pulled us out of bondage and, the, and, and slavery? Oh, my name, my name is, I am the God who heals every single one. Of yes, yes. That's his name. That's a first name. And it's Yahweh Rophake. And it's a, it, the, 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 this it's it's crazy, but in the Hebrew, it's actually a specific second person active verb, meaning I'm. He, if you, it's like God looking around the room and say, "I'm the God who heals you." Wow. I'm the, God who, I'm the God who heals you, and I thought, "Wow!" And so that was that first explosion, and uh, so then I thought, "Okay, I'm going to read some more." And then the, there's this progressive. Uh, revelation of who he is after that passage in Exodus. There's a couple more. And then finally in Deuteronomy, which is that second law, which is that the, in Israel, Deuteronomy or in, in Israel culture, the, the history, Deuteronomy was like the high watermark of the Pentateuch. It's like if it's, that was the last book, that was the book they quoted the most. They right. used the, that was the book Jesus quoted from. It was, it was their, you know, that was their main source. So in Deuteronomy, in chapter seven, uh, the Lord says, in our English Bible, it says something like this. It says, I will not put any of the sicknesses or diseases on Egypt on you. And it's after God has said, I will drive sickness out of your midst. I'll do this. I'll do this. But here we have this, uh, the old theologians call it Deuteronomic. We have this Deuteronomic promise, okay? Right. That, that he's going to heal us. All right. Now, just real quick. So that's in Deuteronomy. Now, in Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 4, when, when Matthew decides to introduce the ministry of Jesus, he says, Matthew 4, 23, etc., he said, Jesus went about all their towns and villages healing, and it's the literal Greek is every sickness and every disease. Yeah. And if I were in a group of people, I'd say, you say they would be right now, every sickness, every disease. Right. That doesn't leave any now, room for anything other than every sickness, every disease. Right. And that's, 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 the, that's the Greek, every, every. Now, what's fascinating is 
Matt, now, Matthew is the one who quotes the Septuagint more, more than any other author. Matthew 4.23, every sickness, every disease, is, uh, is in, the, in the Septuagint, the Greek version of the Old Testament. That actually is a mirror. If you put a mirror on top of Deuteronomy 7, it's like it's Jesus. That phrase is the is the mirror reflection of this promise of in, in Deuteronomy that he's going to take away. He's going to put no sickness and no disease on them. It's it's a it's literally like you're putting a mirror on it. I thought I discovered it. And then I found a bunch of other guys that said, yep, that's what it is. So I was like, well, I guess I'm not that smart, but I did find it. <laughs> Uh, you're real smart. That's amazing. Let's stop for one second because I want to pick yeah. this right back up and talk about, you know, all of the, basically, you've not just given a theory. You have went th through the Bible and you have presented yeah. an argument, um, for lack of a better word, of facts yeah. about yeah. how God really views uh, suffering and what his desire for us is when it comes to healing. He desires to heal all mankind, every yeah. sickness, and we believe that. But I want to break for a moment and play a song that we all love so much. It's on the new Bethel record. It's called Shine On. Wonderful. And then we're going to come right back with Dr. Brian Davenport. Uh, enjoy this song, Shine On. Shine on 
church there in the northwest uh, Vancouver Washington and I want him to tell you more about exactly where you can find him a little bit later we've been talking about his book God hates suffering and I'd like for you a uh, pastor just to pick up where we left off and let's get let's get going and give give everybody as much info as we can about this beautiful book you bet. So what we just left off was, was that we realized that Matthew introduces Jesus in Matthew 4 uh, by giving a mirrored uh, quote from this from uh, Deuteronomy and the Septuagint that Jesus literally is the, the reflection of God's promise to heal right there in Matthew 4.23. And, and that would be great. I mean, all by itself, that'd be like, wow, isn't that exciting? Except for that in Matthew 9, at the end of Matthew 9, he repeats the exact same thing. Jesus went about in, in all of their towns and villages, healing every disease and every sickness. He does it a second time. He reminds the reader, hey, remember, Jesus is the reflection. He is the image bearer of Yahweh the healer. Oh, wow. man. Wow. That's too much. And that's enough to make you shout and yes. make you love Jesus. But then you gotta then you gotta wait because Matthew has yet to drop the punchline. Because he tell he without now now he's twice and that's Old Testament requirement is to give two witnesses. So now he's given two witnesses in his writing that Jesus is the reflection of Yahweh the healer. He's the perfect reflection. But then right after that, <laughs> Matthew writes th these words that Jesus looked up and saw the crowds and he had compassion on them because they were like they were like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he sends out workers into the harvest field. Now, Callie, you and I grew up here, and it's true that pray to the Lord of the harvest was, hey, go out and preach the gospel and get people saved. Right. That's, abs that's absolutely true. I take nothing away from that. But the context of that is not about uh, uh, preaching a, a message so much as the context in that passage is this. Jesus was laying hands on the sick and ministering to them. And for every one person that he touched, there was a thousand people behind them that were still suffering. And that's when Jesus said, the harvest is great. Jesus, Jesus looked out and saw that humanity needed deliverance. And, the, and so the very next verse, he called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority and then read it in Matthew 10. It says, and he, to, and he sent them out to heal every sickness and every disease. Wow. Wow. So what you, what you just see is that his compassion, 
has become our commission. Jesus entrusted his disciples with the exact same mission to confront suffering that he himself was walking. Yes, he. it wasn't just, yes, everybody needs to be saved. Yes, he sent us out to save, but he really sent us, the gospel heals the total man. Every single commission that Jesus gives, if you walk through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, every time he sends anybody out, he does not send them out without a concurrent instruction, specifically, specifically to drive out demons and yes. heal the sick. Yes, 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 for sure. It's a, now, it's, it's a total, it's a, you know, I always like to say it's a holistic gospel. Yeah. You know, you, you hear a lot no of the new, new agers talk about holistic this and holistic that. The gospel is holistic. It will heal the body, soul, and mind and Absolutely. spirit. It'll put everything Amen. in order. We just need to say yes to the to the finished work of the cross. Amen. Now, many of your listeners, our listeners right now are going to say, hey, wait a minute. I, I, I believe that or I want to believe that. But man, I've experienced disappointment or I've, I've tried that. It didn't work or something like that. And that's okay. What I want to say is I understand that. Every single night, I lay my hands on my son before he goes to bed. And we pray in the Holy Ghost and thank Jesus for the finished work. And we thank God for the, the present work of the Holy Spirit, who is our entire confidence. And people might say, well, what do we do about, you know, when we're, when we be, what do we do between promise and possession? Huh. Well, here's what, here's what the Bible says. And this is the, uh, one of the, point, the points the book makes is that, because we have been given this commission, what we need to understand is that we, compassion doesn't quit. So the, when the, the, Paul writes in, Luke, in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, when he says, love always hopes, love always believes, love always uh, uh, covers, love always supports. I mean, these are the words. Paul is saying that once love starts, it never quits. And this is, this is our mission. So I, I, I'll, sometimes I'll say to those who might want to feel like they want to fuss or argue, I'll say, hey, look, if you're facing suffering, you, who do you want? You want somebody who's going to stand to your side and say, I will pray and believe with you till our last breath. Yes. Or, do you want, or do you want someone to say, well, you know, you might as well just suck it up and think this is the will of God. You know what? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to be that guy that says, I don't care. I, I will, till our last breath, stand in love with you and believe God. Furthermore, I will not choose. I will not force only a supernatural solution. I will, I will believe God. But man, if your legs don't work and you need a ramp, let's get you a ramp. Yeah. Because... Because compassion doesn't rem compassion doesn't force people to be confronted with their difficulties. Compassion mm -hmm. should cover that. You know how like Mephibosheth is two feet. David he got to sit at King's David take King David's table, but David said you get to put your feet under the table. Think about that. Mephibosheth spent his whole life with his the, the table of the king covered Mephibosheth's infirmities. He never. He never was recognized or defined by what was wrong with him, but by his identity as a son of a king. And I tell people, no infirmity, no sickness, no disease, no challenge defines you. It is at best temporary in your life. You are an image bearer. You are, you, you are defined by your destiny, not by some crazy temporary infirmity. That's so beautiful. That is so beautiful. And so I, I love I love your thought process on this. We believe God. We trust God. We know that God is the healer. We accept nothing less. 
but Amen. we but we walk practically in the yeah. midst of our situation. So if there has to be a practical solution to the ultimate yeah. healing, we walk in it That's and cool. we don't feel guilty or no. less than or nope. that we're not using our faith. Oh, um, that's garbage. Yeah, it no. is garbage. And, you no. know, for for many years, it was one pendulum or the other, you know. Yeah. It was either faith means I do nothing in the natural to get myself through this situation, I believe God, or it means I completely, faith means I just accept my situation and know that God will work it out in the by and by. Really, faith is the progression. You look, you read all the Bi- the Bible stories and I love how God works naturally and supernaturally in our lives congruently. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's what makes God so amazing. I mean, he's wonderful. He's wonderful. He cares about the the natural things that I pray about, the things that, you know, some people may say that's dumb to pray about and that's but he cares about the natural things that are important to me, but he also cares about you know, moving in my life in signs and wonders and the Bible yeah. being real and, you know, the, the the church in the New Testament being the church that we're experiencing today. Yeah. Yes. It, 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 God wants us to experience, you know, the fullness of his power, the fullness yes. of his love, the fullness of his compassion. But he yes. also, he is just as involved in, you know, the day that I decide to take my kids to the park and I stand there and laugh at them at their funny little things. And come on, I just, I love the way God is. There's so many dimensions to God and, and I just want to experience all of them, Dr. Brian. I want to, I want to experience everything that God has, God has for me. One of the things that I, I want to ask you, what do you hope will be the result of this book? That the template in people's mind will shift from performance to compassion. That they're not trying to perform for God and that they don't have to perform to receive from God and that ministry is not some perform, but compassion. See, compassion changes the subject, like you were saying. It doesn't make me choose between, you know, this or that. Compassion just says yes. Compassion is, I, 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 I'm convinced that God wants to help and relieve this person's suffering, and I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to do it, and I'm going to stay with it. And I'm also, not but, I and I am also going to do everything else that God has given me to be compassionate. That's what my thing is, that it'll change people's mindset. Now, again, there's a lot of books with testimonies and stories, and I got to write some more. But And people have said, hey, Dad, this book is just all about, I mean, it's like almost academic. Yeah, it is. It's actually a thesis. Thank you very much. <laughs> but it's it's redacted and, and, get, and presented to persuade the heart and the mind to believe differently about who God is and what he wants for people and what he wants them to do. If people will believe that they host the hope of the world, then they'll partner with heaven to confront suffering. You know, That's when I when I read all of the New Testament, of course, I'm I'm not a doctor, but I do love the Word, and uh, I believe your your uh, book backs this up. But when I read the the power and the miracles and the anointing that Jesus flowed in, it always, always, without a doubt, would flow as a result of compassion. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, when, and when you see ministers minister across the nation, to me, the most effective ministries are ministries that love God with all their heart, but love pe- truly love people, and they minister out of a heart of compassion. They've allowed Jesus's heart to be embedded in their heart, and mm-hmm. out of that flow comes signs, wonders, miracles, the prophetic, words of knowledge. Um, you know, with, without God's anointing and compassion, we, we, we will not be as effective. You know, there are certain materials that conduct electricity better than others. And yeah. like, and like you can, and gold, gold is one of the most powerful, one of the most, it's, it, it conducts, it flow, a, a power flows through the metal gold. And I, I, what I like to tell people, and there's a whole chapter in the book that's devoted to the climate of love. Ministering in a climate of love. Love is one of the greatest conductors. It's the greatest conductor. It is the most conducive material to transmit, to carry the power of God. Because Jesus was never, it wasn't power one minute, love another. He was always both. One of the authors in the book that I quote says, healing is a manifestation of both God's love and God's power. Oh, Oh, that's awesome. And he said, if you're going to emphasize one of when in ministry, if you're going to emphasize one, emphasize his love, because here's the truth. And I think Bosworth said this, uh, that it's people. It's not that even a pagan, he an unbeliever, he would say, if there's a God, I bet he is powerful. But Jesus did not come and just reveal to us a God of power. Jesus came to reveal to us a God who cared. Jesus said, Jesus came as the guy who turned water into wine. And like, what kind of God would do that? I mean, water, there was nobody even sick. And he said, y'all are just thirsty. Here's the best wine you could ever have. Yeah, well, when you, and, when you go and, to Corinthians and you look at the love chapter, he's talking to on. the church. He's saying, look, you know, I'm. you can have faith that can move a mountain and you can speak prophetic words and you can lay hands on the sick and they can recover. But right. if you don't have love, it doesn't mean anything. And so yeah. that should get our attention, that love yeah. is the fountain that it flows from, and that Amen. is what the church has to embrace more than anything is the love of God. The heart of God is love. For God yeah. so loved the world, loved the world that he gave his only begotten oh. son. For God so loved, for God so loved. And I'm going to tell you, Dr. Brown, that is that is what Holy Spirit has mm. been working in my life. I mean, I've been saved since I was 16 years old. I've been in classic Pentecost uh, since I was 16 years old, I've seen it, heard it, read right. it, you know, <laughs> felt it. But right. but right. when I got the revelation that if I didn't understand and receive and be love, that it was all just, it's a waste of time. That's when God really began to change me to a person that can flow in compassion. Are, am I perfect? No. Do I have a lot of areas that need to change? Absolutely. But I do believe that God is revealing his love to me in such a greater way. And I know that without his love, I can do nothing. But with his love, all things are possible Amen. If, Amen. We, if we believe. We're going to uh, break for a few minutes with another song called Pieces off the Bethel album. So excited uh, for you to hear this song. And then we're going to come back with Dr. Brian and we're going to pray for you. Uh, We love you. Let's get started with pieces. 
Control. 
Thank you. We're so excited about this program today. Uh, excited that you're here listening to Dr. Brian talk about his book, God Hates Suffering. I wanted to take a few minutes, Dr. Brian, before we end this broadcast, and I wanted yeah. you to pray for the listeners across this nation and pray for them in their hearts because many of them are suffering today and they just need to hear someone that not only understands what God wants to do but has compassion and flows yeah. in that. Will you pray, Dr. Brian? Yeah, yeah. Father, Father God. Oh, Lord, I, I can, like the like when Jesus looked up and saw a multitude, Lord, you can you look up and you see a multitude of people listening today and yet you don't see a crowded field of heads Lord, you see individuals, you see their eyes, you see their soul today, you see them in their moments. Father, I thank you that right now you are fully present with people that are in their car or their house or their wherever they are right now in this moment. And they're asking, God, do you care about me? Do you know my name? Do you know my situation? Lord, I thank you that right now you can confirm, yes, son, yes, daughter, I know, I care. I thank you, Lord, that you care about them. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming in the name of Jesus and bringing and applying to their life everything that Jesus has accomplished. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, we uh, that you send the power of the Holy Spirit to drive off every tormenting spirit that has afflicting people, harassing people, lying to their mind, lie, uh, 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 poking, prodding, pulling at their body. There's people, there's people uh, uh, that are carrying pains that the doctor said, we don't know what's wrong with you. Well, Jesus can handle that. Jesus healed people of diverse pains. And that it could very well be that there's some assignment from hell, but Jesus has a different assignment and he's conquered that. So we release life and peace over you. We pray for those this that, this morning that are today that are that are that uh, have uh, just I can I feel like in my right shoulder area in the right side of my body there's this pain I just release healing over you in Jesus name and I thank you Lord that you're touching those who have received diagnoses that they don't know how to respond to let I thank you Lord that you are present in the midst of that and that you're speaking different truth you're speaking love and compassion and healing to them and hope to their heart today in the mighty name of Christ. Lord, for those uh, who have family members that they don't know what to do with, help them to know, Lord, that you have no problem hearing the, the request of a parent or a sibling and saying, Lord, would you touch this one at home? Lord, that you're, you're an expert at that. Go, your son lives. lives. Your, today, your daughter is well. Lord, uh, let it be unto you as you have believed. Thank you, Lord, that, that you just look for the yes from us and we can partner with you with that. Holy Spirit, thank you for touching, hurt, hurting bodies, hurting minds, people under torment, that you're the same Jesus who anointed with the Holy Spirit goes about doing good and healing all who are under the tyranny of the devil. And Lord, for those today who are who wonder if they can partner with heaven, I pray that they would be, begin to develop a confidence in what Christ has accomplished and a deep, thorough confidence in the same Holy Ghost, the same anointing, the same Holy Spirit on them to go and to compassionately confront suffering in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for touching people today where they are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your love.
Lord, I just thank you for Dr. Brian and Lori Davenport. I thank you for their heart for the world. I thank you for their beautiful children. I thank you for, for Dr. Brian's oldest son, and I just, I just see you doing amazing things through this young man of God. I thank you, God, that the healing that, and, the, and the word and the book that Dr. Brian has written is going to go all over the world, and it's going to bring such clarity to the hearts and the minds of your people about how much you want us healed, delivered, saved and set free. I thank you, Lord, for everyone that's listening today. I just pray healing over the hearts of your people, over the minds of your people, and over the bodies of your people. I thank you, Lord, that you're changing our paradigm and you're taking out any dark place in our life, any place that doesn't have the revelation of your love, God, you're removing it with your power. And I, Lord, I just see the blood of Jesus flowing mm. over your people from the top of their heads to the soles of our feet. And it's washing mm. us and cleansing us and purifying us and helping us to see your kingdom and your people through the eyes of compassion, through your eyes of love. I thank you, Lord, that we're being healed as I speak, that people across the across America that are listening to this broadcast, they're being healed. I declare they're being healed of depression. God, you're giving your people sound minds, minds that think the way that you would have us think. We're not going to be locked in the prisons of our past. We're not going to be locked in prisons of unbelief. We're not going to be locked in prisons of lies and, and distractions of the enemy. I thank you, Lord, that we're going to have clear minds and clear hearts and that you're removing every dark place that, that you're, so that your light can completely shine in our lives. I declare that your people are healed. Lord, I just see that there are families that are being healed. There are relationships that are being healed. I, I break every generational curse of poverty. Lord, if there's people listening that have suffered under a generational curse of poverty, I break it in the name of Jesus. I break every generational curse of divorce. People that have suffered from divorce and the ravages of divorce. I just pray blessing on these individuals and God that you would heal their broken hearts and you would put their relationships back together. People that have suffered sickness in their bodies or diseases in their children or in their own body. I thank you, God, that the healing balm of Gilead is flowing today through the airways, through this radio broadcast, and people are being healed of all types of diseases, mm, all, yes. diabetes, heart disease, arthritis, uh, people are being healed of fear and anxiety, mm. that drug addictions being broken, anybody that's bound by the the witchcraft and, wow. and of drug addiction and the hold, and uh, it's nothing more than a form of witchcraft. I break that in the name of Jesus. I declare that people, as they're listening to this broadcast, are being freed from food addictions, alcohol addictions, oh. drug addictions, shopping addictions, any Thing that we go to as a substitute for you, Lord, because really you're the only thing that brings total freedom and happiness. I declare that we're walking under a mantle and a mandate of freedom. Uh, 2016 is the year that the church is coming alive. The giant 
is arising. I see the giant literally coming up, coming up in prayer. Lord, that we are becoming the prayer warriors across America and the world that you called us to be, that we're believing your word, that we're exercising our faith and walking in faith and seeing signs, wonders, miracles, salvation. God, that your compassion is flowing through us and it's manifesting into your glorious power of healing. I thank you for every pastor that's listening. I just thank you that you're sending revival to their churches. Mm. Yes, God, that there's yes. a revival, a Bible revival. Lord, there's a Bible yeah. revival that's taking place in the in the churches across America. God, that there's a revival of prayer. There's a re revival of faith, a revival of compassion. God, you're doing it. We just thank you so much for what you're doing. And we give you the praise, the glory, the honor. God, as you you begin as you're increasing us and opening our eyes we give you the praise we give you the glory god we yes. know that we can do nothing outside of your love and your goodness it's your goodness that leads us to repentance and opens up the door for the supernatural i want um, us to take a few minutes and tell us uh pastor brian where we can find you get your book mm -hmm. the whole nine yards Sure, absolutely. Probably the fastest way is <clears throat> via Facebook. I have a, if you go to the, the little at sign, at Dr. Brian Davenport, Brian with a Y, at Dr. Brian Davenport, it'll take you right to my, my uh, Facebook page. And there'll be, there uh, will have, there are links on there that you can just click. You can also search Amazon and there, and especially by the time the, 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 this is your listeners hear this for sure. There'll be a paperback version and a Kindle version of the book available on Amazon. Great, great. Uh, tell us where your church is exactly. Vancouver, Washington. We are currently meeting on the east side of town on 18th Street, just just east of 162nd Avenue. If you're from that area, you know we're on the east side of uh, of Vancouver in a temporary beautiful location. Tell us the name of your church, Pastor. Heritage Church. We are the, and that comes from the passage that says we are the heritage of the Lord. We believe that we have something to receive from Him as far as our heritage. We have this as a church. We just our soul, our icon is an oak tree, and we're just we want to restore the roots of authentic Christianity and just become uh, this awe-inspiring church that God has intended us to be. Well, I'm going to tell you if you're in that area and you're listening. Uh, Vancouver, Washington, you need to look up this pastor uh, and their church, Heritage Church, a powerful church, an amazing ministry, amazing man of God. I love these folks. And if I was living in that city, that's where I would be going to church. So <laughs> I encourage you to, to uh, become a part. If you're there, go check them out. I also want to take the time uh, to invite you to our monthly prayer call, Warrior Chicks monthly prayer call. Our next one will be July the 4th. Uh, we're going to have it that morning. I know it's a holiday, but you know what? We need to pray every day. It's a 30-minute call. Your life will be changed. So go to Warrior Chicks, warrior-chicks.com. Uh, you can find us there, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Sign up for the prayer call. There's women calling in from all across America. We're praying every month. We're believing God for the great awakening. We're believing God and we're standing in faith. We're, we're encouraging. I always have amazing women give testimonies and pray with us. So join us. Also, our radio show, bpnradio.com. Listen, this network is a network called by God. Um, 
Papa Dale Gentry, amazing man of God. He is the real deal. And I just bless him and bless what he's doing in the kingdom. I'd love for you to get involved. Uh, our radio shows every Wednesday at 1, and then you can hear the replay Wednesday night at 7. So bpnradio.com, join us. We love you. We'll see you again next week. Be a blessing. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Brian. Bye-bye. For the past hour, you've been listening to The Warrior's Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.